Okay, this is a fun episode, a little different for us. This is the first time on the Ortho Show we're bringing on a pediatric orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Arun Hariharan, who is down in South Florida at Fort Myers at the Pediatric Orthopedics uh, South Florida Clinic. Uh, gives us a really cool perspective. He's only in practice for about a year and a half, and he gives his history and story as to how he found uh, pediatric orthopedics. I love some of his messaging in particular about the ability to care for children, right? They're just, they just need to get better. They don't have a lot of secondary gain. They don't have, you know, have to go to work, but you know, their leg isn't straight or their back isn't straight. They can't walk, they can't compete, they can't run. And you can take these children, straighten them out, if you will, uh, and really make a difference in their lives. So I love that. He also talks about the subspecialization in pediatric orthopedic surgery, which I think is really kind of cool as well. It's just a really feel-good episode. I know you're going to love it. Hashtag follow the fro. This week's episode of the Ortho Show podcast is sponsored by Ortho Laser Orthopedic Laser Centers. Our national expansion is ramping up at this time. The American Academy of Orthopedic Surgery has listed laser on the recommended list for the treatment of osteoarthritis of the knee. Really across the country at this point, doctors as well as uh, business uh, people alike are fascinated by the pro forma of the Ortho Laser Orthopedic Laser Center. We're thrilled to be able to offer laser to our local communities as an opioid alternative treatment for pain and inflammation www.ortholaser.com. That's www.ortholaser.com. Come and join the family. From medical media, this is The Ortho Show. Hello world, Dr. Scott Sigmund, your favorite opioid sparing orthopedic surgeon here for another episode of the Ortho Show podcast, where we bring you the best of the best of the orthopedic space. We got a really cool show today because we're bringing on the first of its kind in the history of the Ortho Show, and that is we're bringing on a pediatric orthopedic surgeon, Arun Hariharan, who is in practice down at the Pediatric Orthopedics South Florida Clinic in Fort Myers, Florida. Arun, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. I was super happy to be here. What a great uh, honor of all the pediatric orthopedic guys out there to be the first on this great show. You're it, man. We got to educate. That's why we picked you. We know that you're relatively new into practice, but your desire and the pathway to become a pediatric orthopedic surgeon really is quite unique. It's not really a very popular subspecialty, I would say, for most residents that are considering what subspecialty they want in orthopedics. And, you know, one of the things I always love to point out is that, you know, orthopedics, right? Which the derivation of the word orthopedics is straightening children. I mean, that's where we started. So, uh, you know, really, very cool that you're able to do that. So we always like to start at the beginning, you know, I mean, tell us about where you're born and is there, are there doctors in the family? Why orthopedics, all that good stuff. Yeah, sure. That, uh, that little tidbit about orthopedic orthopedics is really interesting to me and especially pediatric orthopedics. There's some people that say that's redundant per se you're having straight straight children or children straight children but um so i'm uh i'm i'm indian by background i, I was actually born there and i grew up there until i was nine and then uh, my family and i moved to troy michigan and uh, i grew up in troy um i have a younger sister four years younger who's an orthodontist um so we kind of kept it medical but we're the first two medical in the entire extended family anywhere 
That's right. awesome. So I know with you've got your Michigan Cup. I can see that in the background over there okay. for us. I know it's big go blue for you, Michigan. So, so uh, you went to Michigan undergrad and was were you sort of drawn? Did you know it was going to be doctor, physician, orthopedic surgeon early on, or what was the process? Yeah. Um, so I did Michigan undergrad and I went med school there. But in undergrad, I applied to the early decision business school. I got in. And I had until 12 p.m. on the deadline day to say yes or no. And I had these aspirations of doing both business school and pre-med. But uh, like, like has been a great theme in my life and probably everybody else's life, people smarter than me, more educated than me, and who have become great mentors to me, in this case, my dad, said, you got to pick your passion. You can do business later. I know you've always wanted to be a doctor. And uh, I agreed with him. And I've gone that way. I still have big business aspirations. But... I think that's something I can do later on, but um, I went pre-med and uh, met a lot of great people there, and I had a bunch of AP credits, so I spent a year doing basically a master's degree, which was basically research in molecular biology, and uh, and then stayed there for med school. Yeah, we got, we've had a lot of people in the ortho show that have sort of gone and gotten their MD, MBA sort of simultaneously, and some people thought it was a good move, and other people didn't. I think that you know, the, the, the people that have probably gotten the most out of their MBA have been in practice for a number of years and then have looked to become an orthopreneur or an entrepreneur and then seeking yeah. out that MBA degree to be able to help them educate themselves and give themselves a leg up compared to the competition. So you get yourself a master's in cell biology and then off to University of Michigan for medical school. So you're a three-way, you know, go blue Michigan kind of guy. That's fantastic. Huge Michigan guy. I, I didn't miss a single football game, uh, opening football game, I should say, for eight years. And I only missed a total of like four or five home games at Michigan football. No, that, that's awesome. I know, I know, man. First of all, you got the wrong color scrubs on. You got green scrubs on right now. Everybody knows that's Michigan State. We'll forgive you. My yeah. dear friend, Sharif Bashay, who's a uh, who's a Michigan State alum, even has his uh, his C-arm uh, protective garb is in a Michigan state. His thyroid collar is also in Michigan. Uh, so you guys either bleed green or ble- bleed blue in Michigan for sure. Yeah. That's a awesome. huge Michigan population down here in Florida, actually. It's great. So, so, I mean, did you, did you know pediatric orthopedics, you know, in medical school or did you decide, okay, I'm going to do orthopedics, not really sure what I want to do. Uh, let's get into the residency first. And then we're sort of going to go from there. Yeah, I mean, even in med school, honestly, I, I wasn't thinking orthopedics. Um, I was I was going to do vascular surgery for the longest time. Uh, just, I just loved the delicacy of it. I loved blood vessels. I didn't like the um, the fact that people kept getting sick. You know, it always fixed vessels a couple of times and then amputations. Not in every case, but the, one of the guys during third year med school, when you pick electives, one of the guys that was supposed to do ortho got sick. Okay. And then I got thrown into the ortho elective and I did like 15 total knees and total hips with this surgeon there named Andy Urquhart. And it was the most entertaining and fun time I've ever had in an operating room. And from then on, I was hooked. Yeah. I mean, who wants to be a vascular surgeon? I mean, that's so uncool. I mean, you got to be an orthopedic surgeon. My dear friend, Paul Burke is one of my dearest friends is an amazing vascular surgeon, but no, I mean, orthopedic surgeons are definitely the coolest guys in school without a doubt. So uh, you found your way, you, you got yourself entertained. You wound up doing some really cool total knees and total hips and the the light bulb goes on and you're like, okay, this thing is going to be orthopedics. So then you get through med school, you do your due, due diligence, you make it, 
and you head down to one of my old stomping grounds and you do your residency at the University of Maryland Medical Center in Baltimore. Yeah, what a great place, hey? I mean, you you know, you spent it. You've talked about the horse you came in on Saloon on prior episodes. Uh, that's yes, so many exactly. fun times there. Uh, five years with the greatest group of co-residents and uh, younger residents and older mentors that I could have possibly had. It was fantastic. Yeah, no, it's a, you know, it's, it's interesting. So I was there for medical school well before you back in, you know, I don't know, 91 to 95, but we all know the story of Missy at the, at the horse you rode in on that sort of got us through our, our medical school days on Mondays, right? Because you had to take the tests on, on uh, Monday day. So you always went out Monday night, but, uh, and I mean, Baltimore's just a, it's a great city. I mean, it's got a little bit of a, some negative connotation with some of the crime issues, but it's, it, I mean, it is just a, when you're in that downtown area with all of the, the two stadiums that have gone up and all of yeah. the amazing, you know, commercialization that's happened around. I mean, when I grew up, it was the inner Harbor and it was just like literally those two little pavilions down there. And that's what we did to go down. But Baltimore now is really amazing town. So I'm sure you got a great education. And uh, so tell us about some of your mentors who were the people that stood out for you? Um, so in five years there, I think in every step of the five years, there's a mentor in one way or another. So Frank Han is our program director there at the University of Maryland. The, actually, a funny story about him. When I went for my interview, uh, I was late because of delayed flights and it was snowing and made the mistake of taking the light rail at 930 at night. Um, it was a scary experience, but I was walking into the restaurant and there's a guy coming out and, you know, he had a hat and gloves and scarf on. And um, as we walked past each other, I'm like, uh, hey, bro, is this uh, is this where the uh, ortho residency dinner is? And he's like, yeah, hi, I'm Frank Hen, your program director. <laughs> hey, bro. <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah, there goes. it's over. Um, but he's but he was a great mentor throughout the five years. Um, and one of the great, great trauma upper extremity surgeons there at shock trauma, his name is Andy Agelsader. You might know him from your time there. Um, I think yeah. I'm not sure if Andy was there or not. I mean, I can't uh, that the name doesn't ring a bell for me, but uh, no. But I mean, the pink scrubs, we just talked about that in the last episode because we had Anna Murthy on who I don't know if you had any re- relationship with Anna at the time or whether or not he was gone out of the program. No, you'd already left by the time I got there. Sure. Uh, heard his name a lot, though. Yeah, those pink scrubs, right, man? The badge of honors. You're walking around the system and everybody's like, hey, that's really cool. (laughs) Everywhere you walk around the city, people just know. Yeah. Super special about them. Yeah, the shock trauma thing was just absolutely amazing. So, so, you know, I I think, let's talk about pediatric orthopedics in particular. I mean, I think very few programs, residency programs, really have a true in-depth, you know, pediatric experience. I mean, they're obviously, you've got... Children's Hospital here in Boston, part of the Harvard program. You've got CHOP down in Philadelphia. And when I was in, in, in residency, we had Michael Goldberg, who was a pediatric orthopedic surgeon, who was our chairman for years. And we had Larry Carlin and Cliff Craig, and we had a tremendous pediatric experience. We had clinics, we operated, you know, in all the various deformities. So so who was your mentor at University of Maryland at the time? I know that Jor Paley is the name that comes to mind for me, my time at University of Maryland. Yeah, he um, he had left many years before I got there. Um, so I never really interacted with him until later at meetings and stuff. But his name often brought up his one of his big partners, John Hertzenberg, was uh, across the street at Sinai. And he has been an absolute phenomenal mentor. Uh, I went to Haiti with him. I learned a lot about limb deformity surgeries from him. 
You know, and he's just one gem of a human being. Um, but really the, the big spark for the Pete's part of it came from my Hopkins rotation. So we spend three months at Hopkins uh, with a guy named Paul Sponseller, who's the chief of Pete's ortho. He's been there for 30 years. He's an absolute legend in the field. And um, Boston trained guy, actually, and actually a Michigan alum. And I spent three months with him just doing pediatric spine cases over and over and over and over again. And he does everything. But that really was the moment when things just hit, hit me and said, this is what I want to be doing. The kids are so fun. They do better no matter what you do. Um, they're happy to just be up and walking. And that's a hard thing to describe. And people always talk about it. But when you compare an adult spine patient to a peat spine patient, it's, it's a totally different world. And you get to do some beautiful anatomy and great corrections. And the kids are just happy for it. They don't want disability insurance. They don't want narcotics most of the time. They just want to do better and go back to playing. So that's a great point. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. Let's educate our listeners here as to what a pediatric orthopedic surgeon does, right? Um, so so just give us you know just give us a natural day of what goes on. Obviously, you have clinic, you got to examine patients, you do things. You certainly don't operate on everyone. But what type of patients are you seeing, and and how what kind of corrections can you make and really make a difference in kids' lives? Yeah. So um, uh, the pediatric orthopedic surgeon people say, although it's changing, is the last bastion of a general orthopedic surgeon, right? So on a daily basis, for example, I had clinic today, had 35 patients, and Thursday is supposed to be my scoliosis clinic day because that's really my passion, pediatric spinal deformity or spinal conditions. But even on the scoliosis day, I had probably 15 of the patients were everything else, it could be knock knees, it could be you know, finger fractures, it could be radius fractures, it could be just simple old back pain. Um, and uh, at the same time, one of my senior partners, Brett Shannon, who really founded this practice and has made it what it is today, he's been here for 30 years and used to be a really general orthopedic surgeon, he's doing sports clinics. So he saw 15 ACL and shoulder patients. So it's really the entire gamut of orthopedics, but in patients less than 21. Yeah. And, and, and so when I think of pediatric orthopedics as well, I mean, I think of, you know, children that are born with deformities, for example, like club foot, or mm -hmm. if they have severe bony deformities or severe spinal deformities. And just like you said, which, you know, these kids are, they're just happy, you know, they, they, they just want to be able to be straightened out, if you will, or be able to walk independently, if you will. And so, being able to, to heal in that way and be able to help a child is, has, to, has to be incredibly gratifying in that moment. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the clinic aura is just different, right? Like everybody is so happy to be see these, seeing these running children um, just happy and giggling and playing with their stickers. But I mean, we see the teenagers who are grumpy and don't want to be here and would rather be in, at home playing video games or TikTok or Instagram, whatever. But even then, um, they want to be here, get fixed, and go home. And same thing with surgery. <laughs> the 16-year-old grunt, hey, how you doing? Good. 
you know, the one word responses. And then, and then if it's anything like my kids, I know that their cell phones only have an ingoing function. They don't have an outgoing function. You know, they decided they don't want to, you know, to sort of recognize what's happening around them. But, you know, look, I mean, pediatric orthopedics is great. And then down in Florida, it's kind of a, you know, you're in this practice, you're in a four person practice, which is all pediatric orthopedics, which is relatively rare. Most pediatric orthopedic practices are associated with a tertiary care hospital where you want to get a lot of referrals from a lot of different orthopedic surgeons who are, who are generating you know, referrals in. So that's got to be kind of a unique way to practice as well, as far as the geography of where you are. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I met my wife in Baltimore when I was a resident. She was a PA on the trauma service. I, I had no connections to Florida, except she's from Florida. So, you know, in fellowship, we got engaged and eventually married. And during fellowship is when we started looking for jobs. And basically, it was Florida or bust as far as she was concerned. And um, my, my co-resident at Hopkins, same year as me, same everything, is the son of the current practice founder. Oh, no kidding. That's bizarre. Yeah. Oh, sure. So right. Super interesting connection there. And um that's where I got the connection here. And the founder of this practice, his name's Brett Shannon. He's been here for 30 years and he worked with another guy named John Churchill for those 30, 20 years. And he founded this place. It was just farmland when he first got here, but now there's a freestanding children's hospital. It's not a tertiary care center, but um, it's the only place between Tampa and Miami and um, lots of, he's done, he's done lots of good work here, but there's still a huge need for the Southern Florida market. And, you know, the four of us and especially across the state and ever are trying to fill that gap. Yeah, no, there are still actually children in Florida. Not everybody is a senior citizen. So uh, that's awesome. So, so you do your pediatric orthopedic fellowship in Delaware, which, you know, I'd love to just, just sort of give us a, a little, you know, follow up on that as to what your experience was like. And then I want to talk how you got to New Zealand, which I thought was really pretty you know, interesting as well. So let's talk Delaware first, and then let's hop on the plane. Let's hop on the plane to New Zealand. Yeah. So, I mean, I think other people on the show have talked about this too. And people, uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts and one of them is, uh, actually, you mentioned this in one of your shows. It's How I Built This, Guy Ritchie. Yes, Guy Ritchie, exactly. Yeah, so everybody talks about being at the right place at the right time or this concept of serendipity, synchronicity, whatever you want to call it. But that's how I met um, Sukhan Shah, who is the fellowship director at uh, Nemours in Delaware. Okay just happened to go to a random course that my buddy texted me about and said, Hey, let's go to a course. It's free. You get free dinner and you get to do some cadaver stuff. I go there and I meet him and I'm like, wow, this place is incredible. It has such a rich history of pediatric orthopedics. It's one of those like Shriners, Scottish Rite type places that was founded to take care of polio children or children of polio in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, and it is an absolute goldmine for pediatric orthopedic training. And the year I had there has changed the way I, I feel about pediatric orthopedics, the way I feel about research, the way I feel about my future practice. And the mentors I had there, I text them daily. They're, they're my lifelines. Well, give them the shout out, man. We love about shout outs in the ortho show. We got to let them know you're thinking about them. Yeah, I mean, Sukhan Shah, I mentioned Pete Gable is a huge spine guy. He taught me a lot about patients and uh, how to care for patients in general. Uh, Will McKenzie is the chairman there. He's a big, big name in skeletal dysplasia, takes care of so many um, children with various types of dwarfism. His son, Stu McKenzie, was a Columbia resident, 
who rotated at Shock Trauma. When I was a PGY3, he was a PGY4. And that was another big connection to DuPont where he currently works. There's a big hip specialist there named Mihir Thacker, who I talk to daily. Um, and uh, you know, great place, lots of good people there that I talk to frequently. So it sounds like you got the pediatric spine bug. God bless you. I mean, I, you know, I have some memories of my time assisting you know, Larry Carlin, who's a dear friend and, and one of my professors and mentors. He moved from the Tufts program to children's. I think Larry has to be retired at this point, but we would go in and this was, you know, this is before all the crazy instrumentation and stuff that you have now. I mean, there's, this was sort of, we had some screws and, and we had some, you know, good old fashioned rods and stuff like that, that we put together, but we'd be in there for like 10 hours, you know, and the residents would cycle through and, you know, yeah. Larry's blood sugar would drop down at about seven hours. And I was the chief resident and I'd run in and give him a candy on the side of his mask. So he wouldn't yell at anybody, but I was like, dude, man, that is like, I, I'm like, give me an hour and I want to do some healing and I want to get on to the next patient. So, <laughs> so 10 to 12 hours is a lot. So God bless. So you, but apparently you like, you really enjoyed the spine aspect of it. And then you decide to go and do a fellowship in New Zealand. So let's hear about the passion for spine and, and how you got to New Zealand as well. Yeah, I, I loved spine. I knew the future of pediatric orthopedics is subspecialization, just like the adult world has gone. Okay, it's been happening already, and I knew it was going to happen more. So I really wanted to uh, refine my skills in that. I, I did great training with Sponseller and the guys at DuPont. Okay, but I felt I owed it to my patients and to myself to do it. Plus, going to New Zealand just sounded awesome. Um, so, I mean, how do you get a light? Can you just say, hey, I'm coming down. You know, I'm a really good guy. Do you mind if I just use my medical license or do you have to get a medical license? What do you got to do? It was the one of the most painful things I've done in my life. Okay. There's a guy there named Hamish Crawford, who's a well-known peds ortho, um, spine guru, general peds ortho guru, who knows all the main players in peds ortho here in North America. Okay. So I got connected with him, met him at a meeting, and I started to apply for this thing. So I went there in August of 2020, but I started the application process a year and a half before. And as we all know, something happened in March, August, August of 2020. I'm like, you got stuck yeah. down there, dude. They weren't letting you out. Were they? Uh, they almost didn't let me in. But once I was there, I lived like there was no COVID. This was the time when New Zealand had zero COVID. Wow. Interesting. No, masks, no limitations. I went to bars. I went to you know, whatever. And there were no tourists unless you had a critical purpose, which I was considered a critical purpose visa because of my fellowship status. Uh, I got to the airport in in July and I was about to board and the ticketing agent said, you're not allowed to go. You're not a citizen of New Zealand and you don't have family in New Zealand. Okay. So I get on the phone with the immigration office in Queenstown, New Zealand spend 45 minutes on the phone with them. My phone bill is $290. <laughs> they literally talk directly on the phone to the ticketing agent and says, this guy has a critical purpose visa, let him off. And we, my wife went with me too. We got on the plane. I was going to say, I hope you took your wife. You're down there for an entire year for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good, 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 well, good. Fiance at the time, but we got okay. on 15 minutes to spare. We made it. And it was the best six months of our lives. Uh, that's absolutely fantastic. So, um, so, so basically at that point, you knew you're set coming back you're going to keep your fiance wife happy. You're going to find yourself a job in Florida so she yeah. can be around family as well. And then, and that's the rest of the story. So, so how long have you been in practice now? What's the total time? 
Uh, I started in March of 2021, so almost a year and a half. Not not very long. Yeah, no, and that and amazing. I mean, it's like I can remember. I mean, you know, I've been doing this now for 25 years, and uh, you know, I just remember coming home after like my first, you know, couple of weeks in practice, and I just, I just looked at the ceiling and I said, I am just completely overwhelmed you know where do i go what's the electronic medical record where there wasn't any electronic medical record back there but like where's the or where do you go i mean like just not knowing and then trying to also become a master and be able to heal and take care of patients it's a lot of pressure does that feeling go away yeah it does it does but you, you never you never 100 percent. you know there are still things that walk into my office 25 years later that i've never seen before where I have to draw a consensus from my friends and, you know, colleagues from across the country. So the fact that you're sticking around and talking to your mentors and, and getting advice and counsel that never goes away. Uh, you know, that's great advice for our young listeners that are out there, develop these mentorships and their lifelong relationships. And uh, oftentimes there'll be times they call you too and ask you for your advice on something that you may not have seen as well. So. Yeah, you're totally right. I've, I've actually noticed that a little bit, which I didn't expect, like these guys that have been doing this for 20 years, texting me saying, hey, what would you do with this? It's, it's, it's kind of nice. It feels good. Yeah, well, you've done some training outside of what you did with them at this point now. So you've developed expertise. And, and so that's what it does. And then just sort of one day you wake up and you're like, okay, this ain't so bad. And you know, <laughs> I like my life. I like my wife. I like my healing and all the stuff that we're doing. So you know, as it should be. So, so look, Arun, as we're, as we're getting ready to close here, if you were I'd like, I always like to ask to give some advice to the listeners out there. So yeah. for, for any of our young, you know, orthopedic up and coming stars that are interested in a, in a pediatric, pediatric orthopedic career, what advice would you, would you give them at this time? Um, I, I think the most important thing is to kind of try and figure out if, if this is the path you want to go. And I think the best way to do that is to really immerse yourself during residency, okay? I honestly, when I got into residency, I had no interest in peds and I knew it was just a rotation I had to get through. And I think a lot of people have that feeling and that's okay, that's fine. If you know, you know. But um, when I got there and I had this additional responsibility to really kind of run the peds uh, service at the time and um, it, it totally changed the way, you know, my career path went. I was gonna do joints and here I am doing peds. I, I do almost no joints now. Um, but I think the biggest piece of advice is to take every opportunity to talk to people that have been doing this for a long, long time. There's no piece of advice, I think, that is a waste. Okay. I think the value of mentorship and the value of taking advantage of opportunities is unparalleled to anything else you can possibly have. And being in North America in the United States and having these great opportunities to train with these great people all over the country is, is something we really can't take for granted. I think. No, that's, that's really wonderful. I mean, there's a few things that really stick out for me from the interview that, that I think are really special. First and foremost, being able to care for, for children, right? Children that, that have deformity or can't walk or have limitations in their lives and be able to literally in quotations, you know, straighten them out uh, mm -hmm. and then allow them to be able to walk and ambulate and do all those things that they can do with a big smile on their face and so appreciative. And then the parents that are so appreciative of what you do for them. And the other point that really sort of stuck out for me, which I think is a really great one too, Arun, is the idea of subspecialization, even within pediatric orthopedics, you know, are you going to be a pelvic, 
you know, osteotomy person? Are you going to be a deformity person? For example, we talked about Elizabeth or, or a spine surgeon, as you said as well. So this, I think was really enlightening. It was great to be able to talk to an orthopedic surgeon that has a, a specialty that we have not spoken to before. You did an awesome job. Go blue. You know, we appreciate your dedication to pediatric orthopedics. And it's been a pleasure having you on. Awesome. Thanks so much, Scott. I appreciate it very much. Thanks for doing all you do. It's my pleasure. This is Dr. Scott Sigmund, hashtag follow the fro, host of the Ortho Show. Till next time. <laughs>